Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, buying up that cheap real estate in Haddonfield, Illinois, it's Hunter Heilman. How's, Hi. Um, how's your prospects coming? <laughs> um, well, since Kyle Richards moved back to town, the property ta- or the properties are going up simply because everyone wants to be where she is, and her husband's a fucking real estate agent. So, <laughs> God damn it, Lindsay Wallace. Uh, well, welcome back to to a very um, trauma-filled episode. Trauma. Oh. It's trauma. <laughs> trauma. Also, I'm so glad everyone's on this because I was on that Halloween. 2018 press tour like white on rice and it drove me crazy and no one believed me and now three years later everyone's on the trauma train so like i don't want to hear it but like also i feel seen i just watched that video and i I, it it occurred to me of like oh how ironic that we're talking about both halloween kills a movie that is allegedly about trauma and the last duel a movie that I, i i guess more specifically is about trauma we could get into whether it really is or not but it was absolutely jamie lee curtis's there can be a hundred people in the room like moment because i mean every interview every single interview whether it was film four or like access hollywood or her build series like things she did with ricky camilleri i mean it was like a 45 minute interview and i think she said trauma about (laughs) I would say 146 times. Uh, well, so. if you could, if you couldn't tell already, we're going to be talking about the two new releases from this past weekend, um Halloween Kills, which it sounds like was a big hit and the movie America went and saw. Um and The Last Duel, which it sounds like was a huge bomb, which kind of sucks cuz I think you and I quite like that movie. Yeah. Um what do you what do you want to talk about first? You you want to because I feel like there's some. I don't know. Some, why don't you be a host? Well, let's just kidding. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about know. Halloween. Yeah, fuck let's, it. Let's, let's get it out of the way. The season. We're gonna. I know we disagree on this one. We disagree. Um, yeah. Get it out let's, of the way. Let's start with something we we agree with. I think we both really enjoy the the 1978 Halloween of yes. a, a horror classic. Um, I recently went through and you went watched... through every single one of them. I have only done that once, and I don't know if I have the patience to ever do it again. I won't do it again. And I should say the one that I didn't revisit was the 2018 one, just because I ran out of time, and that came out a few years ago. Although I kind of feel like I should, because it you lo- absolutely it... you absolutely well, should have before seeing Halloween Kills, because it it flows so heavily into it, and also. There are so many minor characters in the first one that become a part of Halloween Kills that you really need to refresh yourself because oh, I didn't remember some of them. Well, now I, I feel like it. I need to revisit it because there's like some like revisionism going on on the yeah, internet where people are like, shit. Where people a, are like, this movie's bad now. No, it's not. It was great. It's the closest thing that we have gotten to anyone even slightly recreating John Carpenter's just general tone of a Halloween movie. Does that continue in Halloween Kills? We'll get to that in a minute. We don't have to go on about that, but like, you know, it was just it, it, I don't I don't get where people are really coming from with that because I really and still do fuck heavily with the 2018 one to the point where I think it is hands down the best Halloween movie since Halloween. Like, yeah, I I remember but liking it and thinking it was huge, was pretty fun. 
that's not that I, I I think it is. I am giving it a huge compliment like that because I do think it is that good that it is close to the original for me. However, let's be frank and say that saying it's the best Halloween movie since Halloween 1978 is not as big of an accomplishment as it sounds. Yeah, so we probably could spend a whole podcast just talking about the Halloween sequels. Um, you're you're Halloween, a horror connoisseur, Halloween, so you, Halloween, you give me your amazing. thoughts. Halloween, yes. amazing. Halloween 2, eh, it's, it's fine. It's, it's an a okay, fun. like, early 80s slasher I hate, movie. I hate the shit of, like, it turns into her like brother i hate i yeah, always hate I that like storyline i love that they rick i love that they retconned it in this one because it's stupid can i um, interject to just say that halloween 2 has my favorite moment in the entire series what is it it's the moment where dr loomis is like spots a kid that's trick-or-treating that has a michael myers mask on and chases him with a gun to try and shoot him the kid gets hit by a car and that car drives with the kid into like a tanker truck and explodes and catches on fire and then like loomis and the the sheriff are just like well i guess that wasn't him and they just move on and it's like this kid got exploded there's like three people that die in that like moment of dr loomis chasing a kid through the street evil dies tonight i guess (laughs) so do a couple children um continue uh, halloween three I don't really know how to feel about Halloween 3 because I'm not one of those people who are who like worships it because there's a huge cult following for Halloween 3 and I think mm-hmm. it, it's pretty obvious like why it's very much so obviously like not a Michael Myers film it's like making a fucking Friday the 13th movie without Jason but right whatever it's it's the, it, it's the weird one-off one where they tried to do like an anthology series yeah sort of and thing. I, I don't think it fully worked I don't think it's terrible but I'm just like this feels like I'm watching like a really good like standalone B movie from the 80s and mm-hmm. not a part of the Halloween series and I think its association with the Halloween series actually kind of hurts it because the comparisons just like fuck it up because it's, yeah it can't be compared with really anything else from I I get why people were probably pissed about that at the time considering oh, it is called Halloween 3 but when I I had never seen it before and I was like Oh, this isn't great, but this is like kind it's of fun weird... as like a weird like R-rated goosebumps yeah. story. Yeah. Um definitely. Um Halloween four. This is where this is where they really kind of start to lose me. I don't think it's the four worst, through six but, I think are quite bad. But I don't like four. We showed four at the at the at my theater the other night and a lot of people came out for it. It has a big following. Like people mm-hmm. were showing up in Halloween four shirts. It's got a great ending i will yeah. say yeah um but not great halloween five bad just bad yeah halloween... a lot of dr loomis screaming at a child for like an hour and a half yeah i mean donald pleasant's definitely got his uh got his paychecks worth for it but i can't really fault him for that but um i also don't think dr loomis is as interesting of a character as no <laughs> makes him out to be like sorry rest in peace donald pleasant's but it's just Sorry. funny how like it's it's actually like a pretty solid like no it's actually like a very good like kind of nuanced B movie performance in the first movie and it just gets more and more over the top to yeah. where like the the Halloween five like he's probably more of a threat to the people around him than Michael yeah, Myers for is. Real. Um, Return of Michael Myers. Um, Paul Rudd. Sorry, that's that's curse right? Oh, curse of Michael Myers. Sorry. Yes, returns Sorry. the. F- Return fourth or the fifth one? Yes, yeah, one of those two. Return is the, no, yeah. Return is fourth. Curse of Michael Myers. Sorry, bad. 
just bad. Yes. Um, that's the cult one, right? Yeah. And then four, four through six just kind of blur together to me. It's as like, like a different it, timeline and I don't like it. Yeah. They like really blow out the mythology and yeah. try and have there's like telepathy and satanic yeah. cults and weird yeah. mysticism. Um, Halloween H2O. I like actually it's kind of yeah. the only one it's kind of the only one since the first one that I can actually say that I like because the reason I like it is kind of specific to me I love like post scream like Kevin mm. Williamson-esque mm-hmm. teen horror scripts so like yeah. I know what you did last summer's the faculties the uh like just that era of teen horror I really like that and god damn it Halloween H2O has a stacked fucking cast. Yeah. Was I didn't not, know that many people were wasn't in it. Wasn't stacked at the time, but in today, like, it's like, yeah, there's a Halloween movie with Michelle Williams, right. Josh Hartnett, LL Cool J, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who gets a fucking ice skate to the face in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think, it, I mean, it definitely has halloween sequelitis of where they just like mm-hmm. just, they've just taken it so far at this point and they don't know that they can just retcon shit like yeah i think jamie have... lee curtis is is really good in that one well and... she she wanted to do it and yeah. like and she wanted it to be the last movie too i watched an interview with her recently about this and she wanted it to be the last movie where he actually dies in the studio um the weinsteins um pretty much Woof. we're like no we have to keep it open for another sequel sorry so like she was super pissed about that and that's why she dies in the first scene of resurrection because it was mm. in her contract of listen if this is gonna be the ending i'm not doing this anymore and see and i was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt of as like utterly garbage as halloween resurrection is i was like well okay maybe they're trying to do a little like Jamie Lee Curtis gets what happened to her mom in Psycho or something like that. But um, c- continue on resurrection. <laughs> I don't want. I I'm not prone to hyperbole. I'm not. I really am not. I try not to be because I don't like it when film Twitter is all like, oh, like it's the best thing ever, and it's like you haven't even seen the fucking movie yet. It's not out for like eight months. Like it's a trailer. Calm down. Halloween Resurrection is genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> you know it's, you're it's in for quite some, bad you know you're in for some shit when it's a halloween movie and it goes a dimension films release mustafa akad presents uh a nightfall production of a rick rosenthal film starring buster rhymes yeah what the fuck buster rhymes who does kung fu on michael myers after he killed his girlfriend played by tyra banks yeah i don't want to hear shit about any halloween movie going forward after that like literally i can give legitimate criticisms to pretty much every halloween movie since then but i will never ever i feel like be like no that yeah i will never like i've seen people put halloween kills below resurrection and that, their now that's and that's I'm just crazy like, i'm like shut the fuck up like i hate this i hate when people like latch on to something that has a 40 on rotten tomatoes and go with like it's worse than literally one of the worst horror movies ever made yeah H- H- h2o and resurrection unique as like weird time capsules of their eras like yeah h2o like you mentioned that very specific post scream tone yeah and then resurrection this like weird early 2000s fascination with like Ooh, what's this reality TV thing that's popping up all over the place? Yeah, yeah big like tech horror, and because I mean, like they did the same thing with Jason. They did Jason X, and it was like, oh, really? 
I've never seen any of those movies, so um, like the, that's the, that's totally foreign to me. I'm any of the Friday the Thirteenth. I'm not a big fan of them. I love okay. Jason. Like literally, I'm not kidding when I fucking say. Don't ask me why I have this. I still have this fucking mask from when I was six years old at Halloween. I keep it in my thing over yeah. my like cabinet over here. Uh huh. But like, I loved Jason as a. I can't fit it over my head. Um, I, I was about Jason to say, are you going to do the whole podcast of the Jason? Mask? I could <laughs> hold on. Like, I gotta like, I gotta fit everything. Oh, glasses. I mean, I technically speaking could just do this. Also, uh, it is glow in the dark as well. <laughs> And I think that's worn off. But I was a little six-year-old walking around my neighborhood with this shit when I was, mm-hmm. was great. No, um, I, yeah, so Jason X is famous for being absolutely awful. I mean, a lot of the Friday the 13th movies are. It's far from the first really terrible one because, like, Jason goes, man, or, like, Jason takes Manhattan, Jason goes to hell, all terrible movies. But Jason X is a special breed because it's Jason goes to space and gets, like, oh. mecha, like, mecha enhancements and it's horrible it's absolutely terrible he escapes from hell to go to space it's terrible but also it's so insane that i kind of respect it a little bit and there is Uh an absolutely sick death scene in it where it like because it's the future and they're working with like science and stuff uh someone's like messing with some liquid nitrogen like a pool of it and he like grabs the person and sticks their head in it and it freezes their head, and then he slams it against the corner of a table, and the head just, like, crumbles. It's so good. But it's it's a terrible film. But, like, it was that era of, like, tech yeah. horror, and it was just, it just, no, it was just terrible all around. And, like, trying to cast artists and models who are not actors in movies right. just because they have brand recognition or whatnot, and it just, it just didn't work. Well, um, speaking of crazy choices that, you know, maybe are in bad movies, then now we after those two then you we get the the two rob zombie movies which i will say i respect i, thought, I, I respect res- them but i'm not crazy about them oh see i think rob zombie's first halloween the, the you know his halloween remake i think is straight bad and is like a total miscalculation about like what works for that franchise and for that yeah. character of like the idea of well, what was Michael Myers' childhood like? It, and I don't it's, care it's like, about that. I don't, yeah, I'd rather learn more about Lori. And even then, right. I, Scout Taylor Compton was kind of not a very compelling Lori. Yeah. But as much as I never want to see his Halloween sequel again, I kind of have to respect, like, it, it is a, like, disgusting, like, boil of a mo- grotesque yeah. movie. But I kind of have to respect how, like, off the rails insane it is. He got a budget for that one, and, like, you can tell, and it has some really cool visuals, but it, um, yeah. I mean, other than the scene where Jason butchers Ma, like, <laughs> that's, I mean, or not, did I say Jason? Oops, sorry. Mike, did I say, I don't know. Yeah, you either said way, Jason, but Michael, way, Michael Myers versus Ma is the new Freddy versus Jason, um, and uh, Ma lost, but... That was actually the first time I ever saw Octavia Spencer in anything. So that's I can't kind of no one's clipped that scene and made that joke on on Twitter. Oh no, they have this weekend. Oh okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was because I've always been like, remember when Octavia Spencer was in Halloween two and she got stabbed? She was that nurse. That was fucked up. Mm-hmm. But like, and that was a that was a very dark death scene too. Like it was actually yeah. kind of fucked me up a little bit. But um, yeah, zombies movies they are very dark, and it definitely has that like like post 
uh, I don't even know. It's got a very grungy redneck grindhouse aesthetic to it. Post-saw, gross, nasty, like, makes you feel dirty type of movie. Right. And and, it was also that period of time where it was just like, Hollywood was just remaking all these great 70s and 80s horror movies. And it was just like, I don't know, what if they're just more brutal? Yeah, because that was that, because that was... 2007 and then 2009 mm-hmm. they did the friday the 13th remake which honestly i don't think is that bad because i don't think okay. any of the friday the 13th movies are that bad and it's a big ass dude hunting horny like 20 somethings in the woods at a cabin that's all i fucking want i don't need anything else i don't need a backstory i don't need anything like that and also the opening to that movie is fully 30 minutes long and the title doesn't drop until like a third of the way through the movie. It's kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Then they did the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And yeah, that one's bad. That was 2010. And if Rooney Mara can't save your movie, I don't know what to fucking tell you, man. Rooney yeah. Mara and Jackie O'Haley and Connie Britton and like all of these really good actors in it, but it just was directed like shit. And it was just, again, that was a movie where I was like, I feel like the point of this is to show, like, look how violent we can be instead of, like, look how fucking scary this character can be, but also has, like, a little bit of humor to it as well. Right. I didn't think, and again, I'm not an England purist. I don't think Jackie or Haley did a terrible job, but it was, it was the Michael Bay of it all, even though, even though Michael Bay also, Michael Bay also produced the Friday the 13th remake. I'm 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 with you of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or not. There there's some clunkers in those as well. Oh so. yeah. I mean they are there are an in, anything that's had more than three installments since the eighties has mm. a shit movie in there somewhere. Yeah. And if you don't think that about what particular series you love, you're deluding yourself. Everyone Yeah. But yeah, those I can at least like I can at least respect them for being dare like more daring but also it was brought down by a lot of the less savory horror tropes of the time too Mm. i also don't think rob zombie is a very good director no i don't either Um, like in anything he's done devil's rejects is fine people make it out to be a lot better than it is because it's just a sequel to an actually terrible movie and then had a sequel that was also terrible what's the one that it's a sequel to uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh God, yeah, that one. That one is quite awful. Yeah, I, wa- then, I watched that for the first time last Halloween did, and was like, "This is almost unwatchable." He did Three from Hell also afterwards, which was like the Devil Re- Devil's Reject sequel, and people kind of hyped it up because they were like, "Oh, he's going back to the thing that he was good at," and it was like, "No, it's it's not good." He's yeah, yeah. He's he's not my he's not, not my not my cup of tea. No, and also I know he's not a white supremacist. I know he's pretty cool, but for some reason I get those weird vibes with this movie sometimes. Well, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like backwoods Arkansas dive bar vibes with his movies. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. So now we got the David Gordon Green slash Danny McBride also writing helping write these new um, Halloween movies. Like, Like I said, I'm, I'm with you. I quite enjoyed the, 2018 version i think i i remember there was a lot of hype into it of like is this going to be like the prestige halloween movie and it's not but that's kind of also okay of like i never bought it as like a post me Too movie or something like that but was like oh this is the force awakens for for halloween you know what i mean like like a a decades later sequel that's also like 
just the people who made it were like, I want to <sighs> just like fan out on how much I love this property. But I think some people kind of ran with that, though, like with the prestige element. And I think that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people are disappointed with Halloween kills more so than like what you could expect from any other Halloween sequel. Because like, mm-hmm. let's be real here. People, I think people are blowing it out of proportion in the fact that when it comes to follow ups to like direct follow ups to some Halloween movies or whatnot, Halloween kills is honestly one of the better ones, even if it's only just because it doesn't have much to compete with. Yeah, but, I I don't like this movie, but I also am am will am fully on board with you of like this is by far not even in the ballpark range of the worst Halloween movie. Yeah, I don't see how anyone can even I wouldn't even say I would say it's in the top half at least. I mean, I'm not I would even have to like half, relook at a, a list or something, but yeah. I mean, for me cuz like I I liked it a lot. It's really up there for me because I mean, let's be real here. This movie does take everything that Halloween 2018 did and turn it to absolute 11. Mm-hmm. Everything, body count, violence, just the general tone of it all. It is a lot and it definitely can kind of take away from the more muted aspect of the 2018 one where only four people died. Like that entire thing, like that yeah. entire movie. I think, or like maybe six or something, but it was not that. But yeah. I counted in Halloween Kills because I had a bet with one of my friends. She said there was going to be 27, and I said there was going to be 28. I wanted to price it right her ass. It was 25. 25 yeah. people died in Halloween Kills. This, this is, having run through all these movies, this might be the most, this one might even be, I think, more brutal than even like the zombie ones. I disagree. Okay. Because, well, if we're talking from like sheer the prosthetics they probably had to do for the practical effects in this movie, which mm-hmm. I can at least be you can at least be grateful that it's pretty much all practical in this. But um maybe like if we're talking about sheer amount of blood spilled or whatnot. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is something about the zombie movies that like it's just heavier. Mm-hmm. It's much, much heavier, and it's much, like, more oppressive to where when he stabs someone, it's like, oh, God. And it's not fun at that point. Right. Halloween Kills, I think, has enough of a winking eye to where it's like, I can still enjoy watching these people get murdered in their house. I can can both be engaged in the story, a little bit scared, and also find the fact that, of course, two gays bought the Myers house absolutely fucking hilarious. And not only that, one of the gays is played by the dude who played Stewart on Mad TV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was wondering where I'd seen him before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were definitely moments where like, I will say the screenplay sometimes can be a bit struggle. And by mm-hmm. bit, I mean, uh, anytime anyone says evil dies tonight, I kind of was like, shut up. But also at the same time, a lot of people are talking, they're like, why, like, that's not a realistic, like, mob or whatever. And I'm like, here's the thing, if there's anything that backwoods conservative people in a small town are going to do, is take things into their own hands, even if they are wildly outclassed. And, like, that's the thing, it's like, I just like also that this movie gets fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but by the end, you're just like, what the f- 
what? But also, I, I will say yes. one of the weirdest complaints I've seen about this movie online is people being like, "It's so dumb that like they can't, no one can kill Michael Myers, even though they all blew these him terrible up things. in the last movie." Are you kidding me? They burnt his ass alive, and he came out ready to go. I'm I was sorry. just like, "What you, do you've you never want? seen a movie like this?" If that's your complaint, what do you for want it? from a movie yeah. like this? I'm sorry. I feel like so many of the complaints that I'm seeing about this movie, I'm like. Did you go in expecting like an Ari Aster film? Did you go in expecting this to be a like a no like a new Quiet A twenty four movie? Go fucking see Lamb, bitch! I don't want you in my fucking theater. I don't like it when people take slasher movies and like expect anything more of them. And like, if there is even the slightest bit of craft in it, I can respect it. But the fact that they're, I mean, David Gordon Green's still going pretty strong on this. I think maybe not in the writing department, but I think it's just as solid directing job Mm -hmm. like does it go is it a little bit too much sometimes yes but also i would so much rather watch 25 people get butchered in a slasher movie than four because at least my like death to how much i paid for my ticket ratio is pretty good and that's what i want in a slasher movie i don't want like i don't need the deep character development i don't need all those fucking things they can do that and like the characters i think add a good level of depth to it i think Jamie Lee Curtis, even though she's not in this movie that much, she's definitely, I don't think she's the best performance in this movie, but like, she really gets hardly anything to do. She, yeah. And like, but it really is like Judy Greer's movie. And I think Judy Greer has sold it from the start. I think she's great. I love it when she shows up in horror movies because like, she does have that kind of like mom in a kid's movie vibe. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of throws that off. I think Andy Matichek is good um robert longstreet in this i love i love him in fucking anything he's in but him as lonnie in this anthony michael hall it's a choice i don't know he's going for it he's really going for it i dig that casting i would like to know where he was on january 6th um (laughs) but i know they asked paul rudd back and the only reason he said no is because they had to shoot ghostbusters at the same time we got a table we're that's that's gonna be a future episode that i'm a little dreading but yeah i'll also oh, i'm now. i'm absolutely not gonna see it i can't i'm just like <laughs> mm, i'm fine they keep showing ads for it before every movie at cinemark of like you could be watching it on a screen this size and it's like real small when it zooms out and it or like zooms in it's like or you could be watching it on a big screen at cinemark and i'm like it looks like shit either way but like go off i guess um that trailer yeah, I, is a that trailer is a big pee break for me of like do i need to go before he starts let me go yeah I don't we watch we, this. we don't have time for my like apocalyptic rant uh, about oh, how that will probably be like the worst movie that's ever been made but oh in, I, in, i'm in, not <laughs> i'm not even giving it really that much of my attention poor carrie coon she really needs a new agent um but I know, no. so I know you love the leftovers, so I know this is especially this is like really soul crushing. It's really soul crushing, like her being on the leftovers, and then when she got that part in Gone Girl, I was like, "My girl's going places." And, and then, then it's she been was a rough in road since Infinity then. War for thirty six seconds before yes. getting obliterated. As a character named Proxima Midnight, <laughs> who should be the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, that should have been a gay awakening, and so many lesbians across this country, and it didn't get the chance. She should have had the chance that Kate Blanchett had, but still. Um, Forgot that character was named that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the only thing I remember of those movies. Because I'm just like, come on. But either way. Um, but, yeah. I think that. And then, I I mean, I have to say it. 
because I because I'm gay. Kyle Richards did a great job in this movie, and I'm proud of her. I'm real proud of her. I'm going through. I'm watching all of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now, and I'm obsessed with her. And I'm glad she's back acting, and this is good. And um, yeah, I think she's she's good in it. I wish she had more to do, but you know, maybe tabled out for later. Maybe not. Maybe she gets killed. We don't know. I'm not going to spoil the movie. Um, but yeah, I think she also did a really good job. I think everyone. I think everyone who returned for the most part did a good job, and I like the fact that they did kind of give the movie to a newer cast of people. Mm -hmm. I don't really necessarily understand the story that they took with them in terms of like who dies, who doesn't and like the way in which it seeks to carry the narrative post Halloween kills. But I think for the time being, it it was, it was very solid, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a solid movie and I think, it might not be sitting with me as great as when I initially saw it, but also at the same time, um, I have 58 more days to watch it on Peacock and see if my feelings remain the same. But also at the same time, again, I would so much rather a movie be too much than too little. And uh, I'm also still incredibly interested to see where the series ends up going with this final trilogy. Um, I've heard that it's going to take a time jump between kills and ends yeah and And david gordon green said something about how it's going to be about covid i don't he did say that (laughs) i i just saw michael myers gonna is he gonna succumb to covid well what i saw was someone someone like retweeted like the news about that like the interview clipping or something and was like is it basically just going to be like the police officers, like a killer's running around with a mask and the other police officer on the walkie talkie is like, everyone's wearing a mask. <laughs> dare you. I hate this. Uh, I sure fucking hope not. I mean, I hope not I, too. <laughs> but also at this point, who the fuck's going to stop them? Both movies have made 50 plus million and one of them in a pandemic with a streaming release at the exact same time. So like, Jason yeah. Blum's not going to fucking stop them from doing shit at this point. I would. Yeah, and then David Gordon Green's gonna hop over to The Exorcist. Okay, I don't really know what David Gordon Green's doing because at first, like, he's had. A I, I listened to an interview with him, and I don't think he even really knows. I think he was just like, I just said yes, and like has and because he's like, I, faith is interesting to me, so I just said yes when they offered me, and now I realize I have five Exorcist movies to make. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that like started as an indie darling, like a Sundance darling, kind of like. His, his generation's Malik, yeah, sort of like his style, and then and did then, like stoner comedies, then to Seth Rogen, and then to serious things like Stronger, and then oh, I never saw that. Well, Stronger is the reason that these Halloween movies exist because he did Jake Gyllenhaal. Obviously, was directed by him, and Jake Gyllenhaal is Jamie Lee Curtis's godson, and he was oh. like, "Listen, me and Danny are." massive halloween fans and we've been wanting to do this for a while do you think you could call her and maybe see if like she'd even be willing to talk to me and like jake Calder was like i had a great experience with this i wouldn't ask you if it wasn't like a thing just hear him out and that's the reason we have these movies now wow thanks Jake. Well, before we move on i guess i'll just give my the two things that kind of bug me about this movie i sort of feel like this movie is both like running on fumes while also like 
kind of eye-rollingly pretentious in some places. Like, yeah, I will agree that the whole like mob mentality thing of the movie, and I did see Jamie Lee Curtis fully say in an interview of like it just felt inspiring to me. Like, it reminded me a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests of last year, and I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. Oh no, no, it doesn't. They Jamie, need to, they need to get that PR team like together because Judy. It was Greer a while saying, ago. Like, it was a while ago that she said it. So like, oh okay, because Judy Greer was, was like comparing it to January sixth on like the red carpet and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I think this was like last year when it was like supposed to be okay. released. I think it was something and i was just like no i i heard it and i was immediately was like no that sounds like you're asking for trouble with that and then i saw the movie and i'm like oh oh no it really is more of a january 6th situation like don't lump these people in with actual like well-meaning protesters what the fuck jamie i don't think jamie had seen much of the movie at that point i think she yeah. was, i think she had shot her scenes and hadn't seen a final cut and she wasn't even in the movie that much so i don't think she got to see a lot of what was going on she kind of seems like she shot her scenes in about like three or four days yeah i had a friend from high school who was in this that's right because they shot it in uh in wilmington, wilmington north carolina yeah because i it was really I... looks like wilmington there's like the bit where um someone is like hiding underneath a, a like willow tree and it's her name like, is oh. kyle richards and you're gonna respect her there there were alligators in that swamp that was also right after she broke her nose i watched a lot of that um, <laughs> i couldn't remember if that was her bit or like yeah. one of the other kids or something but no. yeah kyle richards is like hiding under a willow tree i was like this isn't indiana in october <laughs> no uh it's illinois calm down um okay. no well they shot the first one in charleston and then they moved right. to north carolina and it, like neither of them look like haddonfield really that much but um yeah definitely got more coastal vibes with this one but yeah i was watching the credits and i was like Naomi Antano. and i immediately bro broke out my phone and i messaged her i was like are you in fucking halloween kills are you kidding me she's like yeah i played like in the hallway like when someone was getting wheeled into the hospital of like someone with a broken leg i was the wife like saying my husband's hurt oh i'm like hey girl what the fuck is good you got to work on her for getting a speaking part yeah for an accredited one as well right exactly uh, and she was like yeah and i was like did you get to meet kyle richards and she was like no i was like did you get to meet jamie lee curtis she was like no i was like what about judy greer she was like oh yeah i did meet her she was fucking fabulous so yeah would love to meet judy Greer. Yeah, yeah i I just this this movie just sort of felt like they said kind of everything they needed to say or or kind of like their full take on like bringing back halloween they kind of like got all that done in the last movie but because it's a huge hit they were like need to do a sequel so yeah. i i get from like someone who's a big slasher movie fan like you of like this delivered in what you wanted of like a bunch of it's basically just like a series of like murder vignettes yeah and stuff and to me it just sort of felt like well i do think this is better made than a lot of the other halloween sequels it's it just sort of felt like oh so you haven't figured out like kind of what to do next other than just like uh it kind of just felt like a bunch of outtakes and stuff they didn't use for the other movie even though i know they clearly shot it elsewhere and then once it gets into the mob violent stuff which I would argue I don't even think this movie really knows what it wants to say about mob violence because it's also like mobs are bad and do like terrible things while but also, also saying like stop Michael Myers, right, but also they're good to um stop serial murderers. Um, yeah. so are and, they? And then when, are they really? Well, because true. I think we've learned that it really isn't. 
That's true. And then when it gets to the point where Jamie Lee Curtis delivers her big, like, Dark Knight-esque speech of just, (laughs) like, (laughs) where I was like... It fully is, like, a Dark Knight monologue. I did kind of roll my eyes at that point. Where she was like, we're all Michael Myers. Michael Myers is us. Michael Myers won the day because he made us all afraid and of, like, it's all about society and, 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 and our, like, shared collective fear and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, get the get out! Get I will yourself. say, I will say, I would so much rather a film have nothing to say and own that than like try to make a statement out of it and it not really work. But also, right. like, it's such a small part of the end, and like, I think luckily the ending kind of pulls itself together in the last like thirty seconds to like kind of leave you with that kind of jarred. What the fuck are they real? How the fuck are they going to take this in the next film? Uh way but i mean again at the end of the day is it is it a rousing drama about the complexities of trauma and the its effect on um communities no i don't know it kind of thinks it is but i think jamie lee curtis (laughs) thinks it is because i think jamie lee curtis obviously has a massive emotional connection to the story and can connect things in a way that other people can't and was um, clearly given that laughable monologue to read, it, read at the end, so that's probably what makes her think that it's... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she, she thought she was giving. And I mean, she I mean, she did good in this, but I think she was kind of... Yeah. Out, I think she was a little I, I want more of her. By, that's, I, that's, I, I, I wish there was more of her in this. That's I do, my... too. But also, there were some points, even when she was in scenes with, like, Judy Greer, where I was like, Judy Greer is kind of outclassing you right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like... I think I don't think she's the best person in this movie, but we'll see. I think she'll have more to do in the next one, or at least God, I fucking hope so. Yeah, we'll we'll see. That comes out next year, right? Yeah, they haven't even shot yeah. it yet, though. Oh, well. it's a Blumhouse movie. They can turn that shit around in two months. Yeah. I did enjoy the kind of flash, weird flashback sequence with um, Jim Cummings, who's just like a person I think has like a really unique like actor presence that it it was it was just sort of like oh this is interesting and kind of unique and i almost wish that that sort of flashback of like him as his kind of quirky nice guy but also a bit like blowhard sheriff character was like chasing michael myers on the same night as the original movie was like oh this is this feels very different than like any other halloween movie and i'm I, I just want to see like what more you could do with that tone because it it um that I don't know that's the part of the movie that I enjoyed the most. Yeah, that it, it was a very good opening, and Jim Cummings reminds me of my boss weirdly. Oh. Um, but it's a it's not bad. It's not a bad connotation. I like my boss weirdly. Um, but like, yeah, I I will agree with that. I don't know okay. if I really have that much else to say on it. But if we do want to talk about a movie that actually does Im- like explore the complexities of trauma and how it affects communities. Um, go see The Last Duel. America didn't. Just go see I it. I was about to say, I think I think that ship has um, sailed. Uh, well, look for it on Disney Plus right next to um, Avengers Endgame and WALL-E. It'll... 20th Century Fox, don't they? Aren't isn't their deal still technically with HBO Max? Uh, I'm not sure I don't when know. that expired. I'm, I'm not sure either. either. Um, yeah, this movie's fucking surprised me. 
Yeah, I, I, I had such low expectations for this. And well, I was just like, like it's I don't... the bad wig, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, what the fuck kind of goatee is that type of movie? And all yeah. of that, like all the like, you know, the behind the scenes photos I just found laughable. But like, I have some issues with it, particularly same, uh, particularly with Matt Damon. I don't think he's very good in this movie. Um, same. But everything else i mean obviously ridley scott knows how to direct his ass off when he feels like it but like knows knows clearly how to do a big like brooding historical epic and i love i like a movie that really can take me there time wise and the fact of i like a movie that is not afraid to show that the medieval or that medieval times were fucking disgusting Mm -hmm. i mean absolutely like how like no wonder half of Europe died, you dumbasses. Like, right. you guys but this live movie in also just has like and has this atmosphere. It's like, it, it yeah. just, it brings you to that, like, makes me feel dirty and, like, weirdly not. Mm-hmm. I just felt, I mean, obviously the, the subject matter of it is, right. makes you squirm too, but putting it in that setting as well, and, but also, like, it's a true story. Yeah. It's not like a, you know, a f- I mean, he's he's a filmmaker that even when his movies are utter garbage, he knows how to deliver spectacle. And yeah. there, there, I went to like a press screening for this, and it it you know it was a similar experience I had when I went. I think I saw it the same week as the Bond movie came out, and yeah, both of those of just night. It was and both of those feeling night. like, oh, I'm so gl- I've missed this kind of big lavish yeah. spectacle at the movies. Um and. He can deliver on that. Um, I guess I'll give a brief plot description since no one has seen this. Um, Fun. It's so weird. <laughs> My Cinemark is so backwards. When I saw Halloween, there were it's like no one in there. But when I saw Last Duel yesterday, it was packed. Weird. I don't know what's. Go- I think it's. I think it's a demo shift. I think there's more mm. older people at that particular particular theater. And I think that's why less people were at Halloween and a lot more like 50 to 60 year old like married couples were at Last Duel. Interesting. So this is basically about France's last legal trial by combat. Essentially, a um, the wife of a knight who is played by Matt Damon in the movie. The wife played by Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. And if you saw Free Guy over the summer. I didn't. Uh, yeah um not a good movie but she's wonderful and uh we're we're both big fans of hers so she do plays you think that, do you think free guy was a back-end deal to get last or, or was it probably the other way around mm, i don't know but anyway so she plays matt damon's wife um she accuses a squire i believe is his title um played by Adam- hierarchy yeah i believe it's it's a squire someone lower than a knight but essentially a knight um, but also more Driver. favored in society by yes those more senior than Matt Damon, aka Ben Affleck. Yes. So Jodie Comer accuses Adam Driver of having raped her, and then as a result, the Matt Damon character challenges the Adam Driver character to a duel to the death. And what we get is this Rashomon like structure where the movie is broken down into these these sort of three chapters we I see the movie first love the way this movie is set up yeah i i really liked it I, I think that's kind of the key to what works about it um the first section is largely 
the series of events of the movie from Matt Damon's point of view. The middle chapter is from Adam Driver's point of view. And then the ending is from Jodie Comer's point of view. Um, Ben Affleck is also in there as a very horny French Lord. Um, we'll get into that performance in a bit. I just, Um, yeah, I just love the way that, and I liked that the perspectives, like the truth, according to Jean de Carouge or mm -hmm. Pierre or whatever his name was. Um, I really liked that. It really was that, and that the movie changed with each perspective. Yeah, I love the little detail the changes of like, yeah. oh yeah, of course. In the one that's from Matt Damon's perspective, he is a kind and loving husband, and mm-hmm. in the Adam Driver one, he is a loveless like hack who like of is of course leaving Jodie Comer unsatisfied or whatever. And then and you know it all kind of comes together where it's like a little bit of both and everyone's kind of an asshole in the end right like it's you know obviously adam driver's character has like the cardinal sin going Mm. on but there are still things that like matt damon's character or ben affleck's character when it's filled in when it's finally like kind of put together it really is this interesting story of how justice really can't be served in the way that these really volatile men have handled justice in a society where women can't seek justice on their own and it's how kind of violence pervades the kind of patriarchal society when there are no other options around it it's like she didn't want she didn't want the duel she didn't want that she just wanted she just wanted him to be held accountable and whatever, whatever that entailed at the time in France, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm sure it was death because they killed people for fucking sneezing the wrong way right. in medieval times. But like, she just wanted to be heard. And like, obviously the way in which things were carried out between uh, the men and the kind of bloodthirsty Right, it becomes more about their rivalry as opposed to what happened to her. And I think there there is an interesting aspect to the movie that, like, the big takeaway I got is like this is a movie about that when it's at its most interesting is about how so much of history gets written from the perspective of men, especially like you know this time period and of like the you know giving. I think when it turns to her perspective and you see like oh so the it's it's there are bits of both of the men's stories that are true as well as, but for the most part kind of like it's it's all bs all of like yeah. what we've been i mean this is a little bit of spoilers but i this is also kind of a weird movie you can't let's not spoil how the duel ends is yeah. maybe the spoiler line we won't but cross like, but it, it is a movie i think about like it, women throughout much of ancient history really not their perspective is the one that gets written out of the history books. And what we see is the maybe um, altered in some way for the benefit of their own image viewpoint that of, of men in society. Yeah. History is written by the victors and sometimes the victors are rapists. Um, And like, So, so let's talk about performances. Jodie Comer, probably my favorite performance I've seen this year from a female actress. She's she's really good. Um, you think she might get a best actress nomination? nomination? Probably winning. Yeah. Mm, no, I don't know. I have to see. I'm sure. I think. Uh, I think Kristen Stewart 
is probably yeah. has the flashier role right now, and particularly with uh, the last duel bombing. I'm not sure necessarily how much clout it's going to have, but it's one of it's. She's so good in it, and mm-hmm. I think again the way that the story is told, where she, she really gets to play three different characters in this movie from yeah how I think her hus- everyone kind of does yeah how too. her husband sees her how uh adam driver sees her and how she actually is and i think mm-hmm. again like you said everyone gets that gets that chance because you know driver is kind of this arrogant pompous asshole and uh damon's but is kind of this like valiant lothario kind of character and his and then obviously everything kind of comes together in Comer's perspective and it's just it's a really interesting way that each of these characters gets to be explored and how the actors kind of get to explore them as well that being said if we're going to move on to someone else um I'm sorry I I just don't buy Matt Damon in period pieces yeah I just I, there's a tweet somewhere I saw but I just don't I don't you don't have a face that makes me believe that you don't know what text messaging is. <laughs> That's pretty spot on. The interesting thing I will say about the Matt Damon performance. And so like his perspective is what we see first. And that first third of the movie, I was kind of like, I knew it was going to shift perspectives, but I, I it, it very clearly so I was. Hmm? I knew nothing about this going in. I didn't read oh, about it or anything. So like, I was really like, at first I was like, the pacing of this is weird what's going on and then when it started switching perspectives and i was in on like what the deal was Mm. that's when everything started clicking for me but yeah please keep going about damon and how out of place he is yeah i i just um he really i think what i was worried going in was that the cast was going to kind of stick except for maybe jody colmer was going to kind of really stick out like sore thumbs and and this and it sort of lived up to what i feared it was going to be of like a clearly very expensive lavish ridley scott production but damon feeling very out of place in this medieval movie and kind of doing his normal matt damon nice guy um should also mention damon and ben affleck um wrote this co-wrote this script along with nicole Nicole hall of center yeah what she wrote Um, um can you ever forgive me and yeah um, and didn't she do that a lovely or beautiful day in the neighborhood uh let's find out um no but she did do uh enough said that enough said pretty sweet james gandolfini julie louis dreyfus rom-com um but i think they brought her on to kind of give more of a women woman's voice to the jodie colmer character but i i think i was worried going in of like i don't know that even though it's kind of exciting that this is their first script that they've written together since Goodwill Hunting, I don't know that Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Ridley Scott is like the trio of people I want doing like a post Me Too movie. I was definitely fucking afraid of that too because I was like, uh, I feel like a lot of this probably, I feel like a lot of the nuance of this movie really probably had to come down to Nicole Hall of Center because I don't believe that two boys from Boston could have written something um that actually has something to say and says it well about uh rape and kind of women suffering throughout the years pre yeah i i can definitely see some of their in just thinking about the goodwill hunting script which i i think is is pretty good like 
you know, I, I, I'm sure they clearly like came up with the structure. I think they clearly know their strengths and weaknesses as writers and clearly brought someone in to help with maybe part of the script that would have shown some of their weakness, but back to Damon's performance, I actually think his performance weirdly worked for me more when it was in the driver and, um, Jodie Comer section of once that character becomes a bit of like a, a blowhard and a, like this brutish oaf of a man. I, I, which is not how I would imagine Matt Damon anyway, but it, it clicked for me more of this character makes more sense as opposed to Matt Damon doing his sort of nice guy routine through as this character through the first third. But then also on the drive home from the screening, I was like, but is that also kind of a secret like play of the movie of like giving me a subtle cue of like whether it's intentional or not of like, oh, something feels off in this Matt Damon version that yeah. I can't quite put my finger on. And- I need to. Yeah, I'd like to go back and watch this and watch the first third knowing how the rest kind of plays out mm-hmm. and like because I didn't pick up on all of the subtleties of like the way in which the story would be twisted and retold in each perspective. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go back and watch that first third again and kind of pick up on the ways in which it differed from the, the last two. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I do think his performance is better in the, in the latter half of the film. I just don't think he gets as much, um, just kind of pure material to work with. Yeah. I think he becomes more of a minor character and, in the final two thirds of the yeah. film, at least compared to Comer and, and Adam Driver, yeah. who I think I think Adam Driver is really great in this too. Yeah, like he, he's a like inc- unsurprisingly, I think yes. he was going to be the one. He was the one I didn't doubt. You know, no, I mean, I think he he gives a terrific villain performance. You know, as as someone who is clearly like a very charming, very handsome but also like very terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think him and Colmer, I think give, if we're going to think about this as like, or any performance is going to get Oscar nominations. I think, well, we'll, we'll see how Adam driver is in the good, the other Ridley Scott movie. But I, I think, um, you know, him and Colmer, I think give the two best performances. Um, although, I kind of love Ben. I kind of love I Ben too. Affleck in this I movie. think he's actually kind of great in this. I like. I really didn't expect that, but like, there's something. He's having so much fun. He is having so much fun, and he's so in on the fact that the character he plays, despite looking very serious on the poster and in all the trailers, mm-hmm. really does play up to the stereotype of what I think a lot of people view Ben Affleck yes. as, and he really just runs with it. And I appreciate that so much. There's this self awareness with it of like. Bitch, I thought I bet you thought I was gonna do some prestige here, and like I am in a prestige movie, but like I'm gonna. He seems very at home in the role mm-hmm. in a way that Matt Damon isn't. Yes, and it's not necessarily that he's on like autopilot by any means. There's this, there is effort put in, but I think because he's more at home in the role, the fact that he sticks out physically and like that's Ben Affleck. Like I'm sorry, yeah, you're still Ben Affleck. His uh, his self-awareness as a movie star is just utterly fascinating to me of like e- even like my favorite Affleck performance is Gone Girl, which is like absolutely so 
him well i don't know maybe he's not in but david fincher is clearly in on like and using what people think of him and i have to imagine affleck's in on it i mean even like what was that basketball movie last year i mean that's that's basically whatever you think of that movie like that's someone being like i'm gonna show you my battle with alcoholism on screen and he he's just so i i had had the same reaction and it was funny i saw like um film critic david early like afterwards because i was like i wonder if i'm gonna be the only one that like thinks ben affleck is low-key like really great in this movie and then saw Ehrlich from a different screening was like every line reading ben affleck gives in this movie is like a little mini citizen kane or something and i was like i'm i'm glad everyone's gonna be on because if you read on paper ben affleck plays a horny french French lord Lord as a like boston frat bro then like that doesn't that seems terrible on paper but it, it actually feels out of place but it it really feels really native yeah to the film because i mean like let's be real here no one other than jody comer really has any major accent in this movie mm. uh, matt damon tries about 16 in the first uh in the first third but they're they're doing like vaguely it. english even though they're all kind French. of i mean ben affleck isn't even really no, ben affleck isn't really ben affleck's just like bitch i'm from i'm from boston my ass but like you know adam driver does a decent one obviously jodie comer is english even though Mm. her english accent is a very heavy liverpool one and not like the you know very posh regal english woman uh so she really she's changing her voice or her accent just as much as everyone else but like yeah i think he is shockingly great in this and it, it definitely is campy but also, you kind of need that because this right. movie can feel very oppressive at points. Yes. And you need someone to lighten the mood that also doesn't, like, insensitively take the piss out of, like, the story. Right, like, yeah, definitely. someone's experience with sexual assault. Like, he never, nothing ever feels like it's done at Comer's expense other than the point of, you know the atrocity itself that happened yeah it it feels like a fun choice yeah it feels like a good choice also to sort of like make this old the sort of bring it's i think the movie's most effective aspect of bringing this ancient history story into modern day of that weird comparison of like affleck kind of just feels like uh you know like i said like a frat bro just sort of like hanging around the fraternity house except yeah. it's his castle and he's like guzzling goblets of wine and like having orgies but that's and relatable stuff. we know people like that we know people who protect other predators mm-hmm. from that because they have the power to do so or the fact that they have the connections or the money or the whatnot yeah. and in this it's kind of all of the above so but- so i think it works that it, it it feels like a very modern contemporary performance in this historical setting and so it it helps kind of like bring this into a into feeling sort of modern in 21st century and you as an without audience. making it feel like why are we yes exactly doing modern things mm-hmm. it still feels like it could fit in that era it's just not the you know you know it doesn't feel out of place it really is subtle enough which i know we don't use that word very often when it comes to ben affleck um to bring it bring it forward without like yanking it completely out mm-hmm. of its socket you know like really kind of helping merge it and find a happy medium in terms of 
making it poignant to what we know yeah. to be like stories of justice of sexual assault if there is such a thing and the very you know straightforward explicit story of what was being told between John Le Carouge and Marguerite right. and all that so um it, it, it's a very smart way that I think both how it was written but also especially in how that role particularly was played i am fucking shocked that i walked yeah. away thinking that was good and even then i really expected matt damon to be worse it might not be my it might yeah. not work for me but honestly i went into this before any of the trailers dropped or whatever i was thinking at least house of gucci's coming out this year that's at least house of gucci's coming I mean, out this year and now that was my feeling too yeah and now i'm like oh wow i hope house of gucci is as good as this because uh i don't know if it's possible for ridley scott to do two movies in one year and both of them be good i don't know if we're allowed that but we'll see well you you but can also, you can tell yourself that this was originally supposed to come out last year 2020 or yeah. yeah so it was last year it was supposed to come out at christmas and then like expand before um like award season ended but yeah you know at the same time i also appreciate that ridley scott even though this movie was a hundred million dollar budget and i don't know what the house of gucci budget is i'm sure it's also a lot but mm-hmm. they're both r-rated adult yeah dramas mm-hmm they're not none of them are like kind of really approachable or like with big movie stars at the center of them yeah i mean we're talking movie stars honey yeah i i mean like house of gucci is stacked even like you know jared leto let's be real here i'm not excited about it but at the end of the day he is an oscar winner Mm -hmm. and you can put that on a fucking poster and you can also put lady gaga as an oscar winner on the poster even though she only won for having a best original song but it's fine no one has to know that we can all think that she won for stars born Born, which she should have and so should bradley cooper but um yeah i i am shocked that I'm walking away now starting to doubt whether or not House of Gucci is going to be better because I really had such bottom level expectations for this. And it's like, like for being such an ugly fucking movie Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways, it's beautifully shot. It has this really wonderful atmosphere that immediately takes you into the dirty, nasty, grimy ass world that is 1380s France. Mm -hmm. And it builds on these characters that both obviously fit into the time period but bring them forward enough to where we can assign at least a vague archetype to them that we can we can identify with and kind of fill in our own gaps with and then obviously the storytelling method actually fills in the gaps for us eventually and it, it just comes together to be this really smartly told story of how how one person how one person's trauma can um really pervade into other people's problems and it can then kind of become bigger than them Mm -hmm. to an unfortunate extent of like this was about your wife and now it's becoming you have made it kind of about your pride you yeah yeah you've made it about you and it's like yeah the the circumstances surrounding this obviously aren't going to lend any sort of favors to her actually finding her own justice on her own just because of you know society we live in one but um there's still that like hubris and arrogance that is made from matt damon's character too of of how 
even though he is obviously not a rapist in this, that doesn't absolve him from anything that he's also doing to her that is affecting her, maybe not in equal ways, but in other deeply traumatic ways. I think it's it's just a really, really interesting movie that, unlike Halloween, as I sit with it, I'm realizing I like it more and more to the point where I kind of yeah. want to see it again, because I really need to... A, I don't have much time because it's going to be out of theaters in about 4.6 seconds, but, um, you know, I really want to, like, pick up on kind of the things I might have missed this first time because I think this movie has a lot of interesting things to say, but not in necessarily the way that you might be fucking dreading from just reading the synopsis about right. it. Right, yeah, like, I, like, I think one of the more kind of, like, nuanced, interesting scenes that's in the, the Jodie Colmer section that we, we probably don't have time to, to fully unpack, but maybe no. can if on a later episode if she gets, you know, if this movie gets any Oscar yeah. nominations, but the the scene where she is being interrogated by the church and the 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 bit where it's like, to de- for them to determine whether or not it was adultery on her part or rape has to do with like well sh- she's pregnant and surely or not surely you can't get pregnant from rape because you can only get pregnant from pleasure and and realizing the sort of weird kind of medieval societal rules into sort of well, it's, figuring it's this out like, for sort of the benefit of men at the yeah. time i was say and it's also like the duel it's like it's they're literally determining guilt Mm -hmm. based on who god has decided will win that duel not from whether or not they're physically trained for it or whatnot it's all god's choice and it's like it's just this weird thing of like on one hand you kind of want to balk at it and be like that's ridiculous why would anyone like put up with that shit or whatever but on the other hand it's like we have had crazier maybe not crazier but like we've had more reductive things in a more modern society for a long time. And it kind of helps you. It kind of brings you into it in the sense of like, wow, that's ridiculous. But then when it kind of, when everything mm-hmm. merges together, you're, it's, it hits home yeah. a little bit more. It makes you think. I and think, I hate, I think my I hate mom, saying that. But. Yeah. I think my only last little like minor complaint I'll give against it is I think most of what the movie says and is like, when it's interesting is kind of, before the duel and then obviously you get you know the big um you know spectacle fight really brutal fight sequence for the duel that the movie is building to that really scott gets to show off at but after that i won't say how it ends but i feel like the movie kind of doesn't know what to do totally after that and yeah. to me it just sort of kind of awkwardly ends and it was sort yeah, of like I fit and, and kind of walked out a little bit like I kind of feel like the movie says all it needs to say about all this stuff we've been talking about before that duel happens. And then yeah. it sort of awkwardly when the duel is wrapped up is like, so. So how, how ha- are we ending ha- this ha- happily ever after <laughs> question mark? Is yeah. it happy? Is it anything? And did anything did any good occur from this? And I do think that's a poignant ending, mm. but I think it also takes it one step further to try to to wrap up a story that I feel like we don't really need like right, a, a wrap up on. for yeah we don't need that I know like you again like you said you've said everything you needed to say everything at this point I think is trying to satisfy this like narrative completion which uh, maybe on paper you want that but in terms of the message and what the movie is seeking to say it's already done at that point and i think 
both endings because let's be real there are two endings to Mm -hmm. this really both are a little awkward but if it had ended with the first one i wouldn't have been upset with it or like not i wouldn't have felt like as huh why did they add that last part to it it was a little strange i would like to see if there is because you know ridley scott can oh a director's cut you know he can go in with that and i would like to see what he would what he would change and what he would like add or subtract from this because he does a good job at at changing kind of the structure or the dna of a movie in his own cut so i'd like to see that but like, at this, this point, and the martian i think I are his two best like late yeah. period movies from like the I last agree. decade like i i i i just cannot believe like with as apprehensive expectations as i had going into this and was kind of expecting a a potential Disaster. like firestorm disaster movie and it act it like i i i yeah i liked it i, I but I also think it's I like don't, one of the stronger movies i don't so look far back year. at the feelings i had before i saw the movie and think that i was wrong in any way though because let's be real no, here no 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 matt no, damon and ben affleck both writing and starring in a movie about rape in the what in 13th century france it sounds like an absolute unmitigated disaster but yes that's that's red flags yeah, all like, over the place and it's it's surprising that it but it, it was works roped as well in, as it does i think with like the help of obviously nicole hall of center and i think ridley scott obviously is always just a solid solid pick to direct anything but particularly a period drama or an epic or whatever because there are there are strands of kind of gladiator in this near the end particularly obviously with the very brutal duel going on and like the hand-to-hand combat but you know that's not what this movie is about though and and i it can seem daunting on paper of like a a gross nasty grimy dark movie about a woman being sexually assaulted written and or written by ben affleck and matt damon and it's also two hours and 32 minutes long i know that sounds like an absolutely horrid time on paper it sounds like the absolute nightmare situation but it really does have a good pace about it it has a very strong like head on its shoulders and i think it very much so says what it needs to say successfully in the way that halloween kills kind of does it well that that kind of wraps us up for for this week i think you you tied everything together beautifully right there so um in the coming weeks next week um i think twitter dune expert johnny Zobchak's gonna be back on to talk about He's legally a, a, a he's like in legal contract. Let's I just have, hope he's not he double booked because God this. knows he's on a million and a half, going to be on a million and a half different podcasts. He is. It, it was a uh, it was quite a scheduling to to get him, and he will I hope like help unpack the whole mythology of that movie. Yes, there is no one else that you would at that point just don't even do an episode on it if you can't get him. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm going to a film festival this next I week, and. Hunter's going to be there. Maybe we'll bring Hunter back and talk about some of the titles we saw there. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we can tie that in with the Last Night in Soho <gasps> episode. Because I know you're, you're really... Oh, yeah. that's. That. I keep forgetting that Last Night in Soho is the same day as Antlers, too. I keep, I keep forgetting that movie's coming out. Happy oh, Halloween, everyone. Get Your horror movies are coming. 